I'm Han. And I'm Sheree. You're listening to It Just Got Real. So Sheree, I know that your week got extremely real. It's funny, I was thinking about that. Actually, this has been just one extended as real moment like my entire life, mm-hmm. at least for the past 12 years since I've been somebody's mom. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the moment it got real was when I landed in Chicago for the first time in 12 years. Like I literally have not seen that city mm. since I gave birth to my son there. Wow. You haven't even been to the city with all the traveling that you do. I've mainly avoided it. Uh-huh. I've even been willing to like lay over in Detroit. <laughs> I mean, it also doesn't have a good, like, I don't fly United. So that also is a thing. Like I haven't really had a reason to sort of go through O'Hare. And when it's come up, I've kind of just like avoided it altogether. (laughs) So, yeah. I don't even know that I realized I was doing it. But Mm. I guess to catch people listening up to speed, I went to Chicago to connect my son and his dad. Wow. um, For the first time in in a while, in a long time. And so... When was the last time your son saw his dad? 2000... Ooh, 2014. Wow. Nope, 2013. Yeah, 2013. So it was very real. Um, In so many ways, I knew that it was something that bothered me or that bothered my son to some degree, but I think... I didn't realize how much I had separate from like, so there's like the how I felt about it from my son. Mm -hmm. And then separate from that was like how I, in many ways, assign some level of like self-worth or lack thereof Mm. to this absent relationship dynamic. Mm. And like, I remember... It wasn't a negative feeling when I landed. It was actually just like a huge sigh of relief before like the five-day trip even got started. Like simply like physically going there Mm. with my son, knowing, you know, that I didn't really know how it was going to go down like over the days ahead, like no clue. But it, it just felt like I was facing something that... I had been consciously tucking away, mm-hmm. but had been subconsciously telling a narrative about myself and my worth and even my like desirability Wow! around this. Like I think about how many partners I've had and like feeling like I got to like fill this gap or have this awkward conversation. And even like beyond romantic partners, like even in business, like the minute you have a child, like you have to have this conversation about your family. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people are as judgmental as they would have been 20 years ago. For sure. But I think for me, like it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm divorced or separated. 
it's another thing to like get close enough to be like, oh, there's no relationship there. Hmm. And so it's just been like, in many ways, like a form of shame for me. Hmm. Like it's been like, how can I be so smart and do all of things right? But like this thing, that's like the most important thing ever, like bringing a child into the world. How could I not have figured this out in a different kind of way? Wow. And so landing in Chicago with my son, it was a real moment, but in like the best way possible. Because for the first time, I honestly felt like there wasn't anything wrong with me. I felt like, oh, like we can have like a life without these like super dark parts that we don't explore, you know? And even though I like literally didn't know how it was going to turn out, and in many ways it's like the beginning of a thing. It's funny, it's a, a new moon. Like it very much feels like the beginning of a thing and there's still sort of uncertainty and how's it going to go and also fear. But mostly I felt complete. Like mostly I felt complete and sort of a calm, particularly in relation with my son, that I haven't felt in 10 plus years. Wow. And why do you think that was? Why did you feel this this calm or this understanding with yourself when you touched down? I think a lot of it was like raising my son in the way I've raised him. You know, he's all over the world. We're doing all these different things. We are not living sort of a, I don't even like using the word typical because that sounds like so lame, like what is typical in 2020, especially, but like, that's the best way to describe it. And in many ways, I've always had this intense fear that the absence of his dad was going to undo any effort I made. Mm, Like it was going to become a problem one day or something. Yeah. Or like, you know, his personal development was going to be influenced by it in a way that even if I was the best mom ever, I couldn't control. And that was always something I thought about. And yeah, I don't know, for some reason, and it could be me being like an optimist, like I'm definitely not under any illusions that it was like, we landed and now everything's great. Like it wasn't like that. I'm curious to hear how it went after you landed. (laughs) Right. But I think I did just have this sense that at least my son is super, his EQ is super high. Like he's only 12, but like his ability to like read the room, whether he voices it or not, is super strong. He also just really can key into feelings and sort of those soft science sort of things. Mm. He's just really... That's impressive. Yeah, he he is. I, I remember that when I've, like, met him a couple of times. I feel like that's also something that, like, New York kids develop really fast, that reading the room and thing. Like, I think so. There's so many people. You always have this, like, sixth sense up, like, yeah. awareness. Like, okay, what's the situation? <laughs> yeah. So I kind of felt like, especially with the kind of person he is, I kind of felt this sense that, like, Even if it's not all roses from here, he's had a chance as a cognizant adolescent Mm -hmm. to sort of engage with this person 
who, after so long, had become like a non-tangible entity. Right, because the last time he would have been still a child. Like three. Yeah. So something about being able to move into like a space of acceptance, both for their relationship, but also within myself, I just felt free, honestly. Like Mm -hmm. I just felt super free in the sense that there wasn't this like albatross anymore Mm -hmm. and that I could sort of just be. That's really cool. It was really interesting. And I think even the decision, like even when I booked the flight to go, I began to feel it. Mm. I feel lighter. In a way, you're sort of turning the relationship over to your son because he's old enough now. Absolutely. It's not your responsibility anymore. I mean, yes and no. (laughs) But um, I think it's the framing and the reference point part that feels like not my responsibility. Like, I think I still ultimately will have to be a facilitator in many ways. But I think in terms of like, when there's a gap that long, you feel a pressure to fill it. Yeah. And if the child is young, you kind of take that on and you have no chance to like understand their relationship with it, you know? So it was wild. I mean, in the end, the trip ended up going really, really well. That's great. Like every day, I mean, we played soccer. I mean, we just did all kinds of stuff. And it was beautiful to watch him sort of be hesitant, but also be open. And I just loved, honestly, seeing his values in real life, like his own personal little boy values and him sort of creating lines for himself that like he didn't want crossed. And just watching him maneuver was really interesting. Were there highlights? (laughs) There were highlights and lowlights. I think one of the, actually mostly highlights, there weren't really lowlights. There were some awkward moments. Like I think as much as I was like centering on the meeting of them, I think I just blocked out that entire period because it was so traumatic for me. Like Mm -hmm. it was a really rough moment. I remember at one point we were like all playing soccer and his dad was kind of like, yeah, I remember when you were pregnant, X, Y, Z, like we would play tennis every day. And it was like the level of block out I had done <laughs> became so vivid to me because like if someone would have asked me prior to that moment what was being pregnant like, I wouldn't have had any stories to share. Mm. Like that's how much I have blocked this like time period out. Yeah. Our memories are amazing that way. We can really block things out. Yeah, it was crazy. So that was interesting. My son is super affectionate in general with me. So it was interesting watching like him be that on level 10 in like the level of adjustments that needed to be made, like to seeing that. Because I think, you know, for his dad also was like a big step, you know, and like, but at the same time, it didn't make it any less awkward to sort of see the relationship that's been missing. Mm -hmm. So those were some of the things that were like interesting. There was some like random funny moments. Like one of my really good friends happened to be in Chicago at the same time and like shout out to Twitter because I tweeted something about it. And most people were like messaging me like, are you okay? (laughs) Oh God, I didn't see that tweet. (laughs) Some of my friends were like, 
hey, are you in Chicago? <laughs> like, so uh, one of my good guy friends who lives in Atlanta happened to be in Chicago for his friend's, like, birthday weekend. Oh, wow. And was like, yo, can we meet up, hang out? And I was like, of course. So we did this, like, socially distanced hang while I was there. And I realized I haven't seen a man that I thought was super fine since <laughs> March. And his his business partner was so fine. Like, I was like, I had to, like, talk myself down. Like, Sheree, chill out. Like, I was so fascinated. It was like a like, foreign Like, oh, my God, creature. a beautiful man. What is this? <laughs> no, literally. It was like, you know how you hear those, like, Nat Geo? And it's like, a beautiful lioness is walking in the wind. Like, like, like that was my that voice was so in my wild. head. In this man's house, I was just like, Wow. This is what I forgot. I forgot <laughs> this whole situation. Like, and I remember just being so distracted for the whole day. <laughs> Your friend was probably like, yo. No, I really had to gather myself. I was like, oh, you need to get out more, but socially distanced. <laughs> so I didn't really expect that twist and turn. You do need to get out more. But I mean, what are we supposed to do right now? I feel like all I mean, 2020 is just like... Man. I'm sick of seeing my own face in the mirror at this point. Like Same. other people, do they still exist? <laughs> well, I'm especially sick of it because the conscious so I've been pretty chill about like I think I gained like 15 plus pounds <laughs> in the Rona. And when I saw said fine guy, I became super conscious of it in a way that, like, I haven't given a shit on these IG lives. Like, I've been like, ooh, face is looking a little chubby. Who cares? It's the Rona. But the minute I saw this man, I was like, ooh, girl, let's get a trainer. Let's get a virtual trainer. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, you're hilarious. It was funny. I realized the other day that I haven't worn heels since March. I don't even know if I know how to walk in them anymore. <laughs> that's the other thing that's funny. Because when my friend Tiwa said, oh, you're going to come meet me at my business partner. I was like, knowing Tiwa, there's a 50-50 chance that this person's going to be fine. So even the process of being like, ooh, got to get dressed yeah. and care about what anybody thinks besides myself was really funny. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, I haven't gotten dressed to go do a thing no. in so long. Like, I can't even... It was such a weird thing. Like, I yeah. I also learned that, like, dramatic eye is the win because I made the mistake of being the idiot that put on, like, red lipstick under my mask. And now my mask is, like, ruined with, like, red lipstick. Oh. <laughs> so it was a mess. So I was like, I looked that like... That is a mess. Um, the Joker. You know how the Joker's lipstick is like all smeared. <laughs> so I like took off the mask and I like looked like the Joker mad dashed into the bathroom, like took it off, put on some like clear lip gloss. And I'm committed to like nothing but dramatic smoky eyes for the rest of the time we have to wear masks. Because <laughs> lipstick is not a thing. Like it's not. It's not a thing. Yeah. And you can't do both. You can't do dramatic eye and dramatic lip. It's one or the other. Right. So, yeah, I mean, the whole trip was really, like, even flying back. It's funny. I thought I would cry or I thought it would be, like, that kind of emotional. Yeah. But honestly, it was just incredibly freeing. That's so wonderful. I literally feel, I don't know, like, tomorrow I'm seeing a trainer for the first. I'm just like, Oh, you're I'm going for it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm definitely going for it. Do you think it, it was freeing for your son as well? I think so. I mean, I talked to him 
about it a little bit, but I'm also trying not to like, I'm not trying to project. Right. Right. So yep. I'm trying to, I know it was super meaningful for him. He definitely was like, thank you, mom. Oh, you know, his dad so even nice. texted me like, thank you so much. So I was happy because I mean. That was a big thing that you did for them. Yeah. The actual story is a little too real for the pod of like how things got this way. But what I will say is I got that from uh, Obama's videographer. He was like, when you want to talk about something or you get asked a question that you don't want to answer, you give like some super surface level thing and then you go, but what I will say, and then like you can use that to like change it up. So pro tip for anyone needing to do that. So it was traumatic. Won't talk about it on the pod. But what I will say is I think the thing for me really was like, what's the most important thing. And it's almost like this like greater good, but the greater good being like my son's personal development. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like if I believe that this is going to be something for him, then like it doesn't matter what I feel about it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's awkward for me. It doesn't matter how hurt I was or like actually none of that matters. And it's like there are times when you kind of need to, like, really be able to see, like, the bigger picture, even when it doesn't feel good for you, and, like, push on. For me, it was, like, really strange to be having some of these conversations, and there were other conversations I wanted to have, but I kept asking myself, what's the bigger deal here? Putting the greater good really above your own needs or feelings. Yeah. I mean, it's cliche. I mean, I think I'm passionate, but when I was younger, I would have definitely said I was like a hot-headed person. Would give situations like a lot of power. Mm -hmm. And I still think there's like space for that. But, and I mean, I don't know, I'm like pleasantly surprised at myself because I didn't have to do that much suppressing. I thought all the anger and stuff that I'd like bottled up was going to like really show itself to me. But the dominant theme was freedom for him, for my son, for me, like, and healing. Like that was the dominant theme for me, like the whole time. And so- That's wonderful. Yeah, man. It was real AF. Yeah, that is real. Even like with my work, it was like in the grand scheme of things, obviously it's like my passion and something I want to be game-changing in the world. But, like, this for me was, like, something that shows up in every part of my life. And for so long, I felt, like, super powerless to do anything about it. Right, right, of course. So, yeah. When you're dealing with an absent relationship, it does feel powerless often because, like, there's no energy coming from the other. There's not even anything to react to. Exactly. So, yeah, that's my moment. That's That's... That's what happened. Wow. That is a very real moment. Thank you for sharing, Sheree. No problem. I mean, we're whole people out here. Not always business plans. <laughs> yeah. No, I like it. And um, there's so many people that are dealing with things like this, too. I'm, it's a really common situation, and I'm so glad that you shared it. Should we chat about some record scratch moments this week? I think we should. So mine is like... I'm trying to get a dog right now. And I've been like looking at dog adoption sites and like I've applied for dogs and I've like called the the dog foster places and like 
I'm just like, yo, how hard is this? It's like online dating. It's like impossible. It's like you heart the dogs and then do they message you back? No, no. they don't. Like, can you go on the dates with the dogs? No, you can't. Do they want you ever? No, they don't. I'm like, just like, oh. And it's so sad because you keep on looking at these like long pages of like all these poor dogs that have had such rough lives. And yeah. I'm like, I have so much love to give you. <laughs> Why is this so difficult? Because <laughs> there are too many damn crazy people also trying to like get dogs to fix their like crazy ass selves. And so probably, but like I have filled in so many applications and no, no dog. Oh no. Wants so me. So your record scratches. I not even a dog wants me. <laughs> That's how I feel. I don't know if there's a trainer for that. Like I don't know. Anyway, that was my record scratch moment, which is like yeah, pet adoption sites are as bad as dating apps. Pet Finder is just like hinge all over again. It is hinge, <laughs> but worse since their paws can't type you back. Sometimes they're missing an eye. <laughs> they are. I feel like that is such a thing <laughs> with like all foster dogs. Like there's always like an eye situation happening. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, they're delicate, especially on the little chihuahuas. The eyes really stick out, you know? I mean, I have one. <laughs> Yeah, you do. Chewini's are the Chewini. best. <laughs> Even though they get on my nerves. They're the best. They're the best. My dog is the best. Hopefully in a few weeks, I'll be able to report that I was successful in adopting a dog. But man, it is difficult. Well, I mean, you're doing it super official. You know my dog is a rescue, right? Yeah. But like yeah, one like that you just found. From the street <laughs> from in the New street. Orleans. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> Oh, God. I love that. It it's is so me to just, like, have the dog from the street. <laughs> no process. Figure it out as I go. It's No, it's like you to just, like, pick it up and be like, you're coming with me. Well, there's also that. That's a different way to look at it. That makes me sound less crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was your record scratch, Sheree? So it's funny. My record scratch was more of a, like, moment where I felt super seen. So... A lot of people that I know in New York are talking about leaving, whether it's to another place in America or mm -hmm. live their best workation life, you know, work from anywhere situations, yeah. which I know is like a bubble. But um, Shai Goldman from Silicon Valley Bank, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, but he's one of my like do, favorite cool. people to follow. Yeah. I love him. I really like him too. Shout out. Shout out to Shai. But he was tweeting thoughtfully per normal about like who's talking about leaving New York and the difference between the people who are like quick to bounce and the people who like haven't considered it at all. And he was saying there's some like, he retweeted some guy who basically said like, the correlation is people who are actually involved from a civic engagement perspective. Mm, so the people who are on local boards, nonprofits, school situations. And basically it was like, these are the people that are like actually making New York a thing, mm -hmm. period, and, like, a livable place. And, like, all these privileged people, including people in the tech space, are mad transient and aren't actually contributing to life here in New York. Mm. And I felt so seen. I was like, ooh, I feel attacked. Like, because it is a pain point for me right now. Like, this feeling, and a lot of it has to do with my son, like, this feeling of, like, mm, Maybe I should be, like, here and involved on, like, the local school board or whatever the hell, you know, people do when they live in a place for a long time. 
but I have been transient like my whole last life. Yeah. I mean, it's also kind of part of your work. It is, but I realize even in friendships, like I'm a little bit like, I don't know. Like, I think I have like these phases. Like, I don't know. It really made me, Mm. it was a record scratch for me because it was like, hmm, what is that? I mean, my birth chart kind of says like, this is who I am. So I shouldn't (laughs) judge myself too heavy, but I don't know. I re- this idea of like being transient and sort of moving broader than that, like, damn, I have so much commentary on elections and all this shit. But like, mm-hmm. besides these tweets and this one vote once every few years, like, what am I really doing? Yeah, you could make a lot of difference on a board for sure, I bet, because you're so engaged with these topics. I mean, I I feel this one too. Like, I'm also a mover. Like, yeah. I've lived in a lot of different places and I'm not one to put down roots very easily, I think. Yeah. But it's weird, like, having left New York just before the pandemic and then, mm-hmm. like, literally, like, a few months before and then having to, like, have dealt with my whole life getting messed around by it. I feel like I've been put in the category now of the New Yorkers that left. And I'm like, no, I mm. left You're before like, no, I did this before. <laughs> <laughs> but like today I was on an investor call and they're like, oh yeah, New York is totally emptying out. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what I did. <laughs> You're like, nope, not me. I Nope. I made a choice before this happened yeah. that this was a different life that I wanted to explore. But Yeah, it's weird. I will say being in New York, even for these last few weeks, and it really comes down to the fact that my son has friends here that he's had forever. Yeah. He must be so happy right now if you're in Brooklyn. Oh my gosh, he really is. Yeah. He's so happy to be in New York right now. But I'm like, "Mm." Uh, (laughs) it's really just too damn expensive for what you get. And I'm like, I'm a seed stage founder. I can't afford $5,000 rent, and that's what I would need to get an apartment I like in New York. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't do that. And I'm also like, I want to be able to buy a house. Like, what if my startup fails and I'm, like, trying to find a job and I have no money saved? Like, that would just be horrible. Mm -hmm. I want to move to a place where, like, that's not a thing and— I don't want this thing to fail, but if it does, like I am not 22. So yeah, it's good to have a plan A, B, C, D, E, and F, just right. in case. Just in case. I mean, I'll say I don't really believe in plan B because I think you end up defaulting to yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. But financially, I want to be able to have more options mm-hmm. that aren't directly related to my startup, if that's even yeah, possible. I agree with that. I'm like, I like to know, like have a loose outline of what plan B, C, D, and E would look like, but never think about them and never work them until I'm positive that plan A is definitely not working. Because absolutely, if you do that, then you just screw yourself over and you stop putting all your energy into plan A and plan A needs like 150%. Absolutely, absolutely. Whenever investors ask me like, so what's your plan B? I'm like, you should be asking me about my plan A. <laughs> right. Not important. It's like basically like saying like, oh, I think you might fail before I've even invested in your company. It's like, go away. Let's not talk about this. Go away. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. <laughs> You're not good enough. No. No, 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 no. What about culture? Mine is kind of lame, honestly. Like, I've just been in, like, kid mode, planning the thread mode, like, all of it. I've also been in a very, like, 
I don't care about what's new. Mm. I'm gonna just listen to my old MIA albums. Like I yeah. just hadn't been. But that's important too. Like sometimes I feel like I just can't take in any more new stuff. Yeah. Even though I'm pretty a voracious new person. You are. There's weeks where I'm like, yeah, I don't want it. Go back to the old things. Yeah. Or rediscover the old things. I definitely was in that. I was definitely in a no new friends, no new music, no new things. Like I was except just for not that fine guy. Except, <laughs> please, Lord, you don't understand the level of heartbreak I had when, like, four hours into our like cocktail making, have fun, hang, I discovered he had a girlfriend. I was just like, this is actually the worst day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why, God? <laughs> Well, you never know. Sometimes that doesn't mean everything. Girlfriend is a wife. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So this week, um, I have been working on my pitch deck, which is so fine. Speaking of fine, it is like... (laughs) This is a money pitch deck now. It is so great. That's all I've done. This is all I've been doing this week is working on my pitch deck, but it is really fucking good. And um, I made a playlist called Dollar Sign, Dollar Sign, Dollar Sign on Spotify, which you can find if you look me up on Spotify. My name is Hannah Donovan. You can find this playlist and it's just all songs about making money. I like so, this. I will be That is a good thing it. to put on when you feel like you need to get your hustle on. There's a lot of gems in there. Hannah Donovan, <laughs> dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. Okay, give me top three songs on the playlist. Definitely, um, like, Work Bitch is one of my favorites. I listen Got to it. that all the time when I'm like, okay, we need to move now. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, Cardi B money is on there for sure. Absolutely. And... um what else is a really good one on there? Like Live Your Life featuring Rihanna. Yes, that's of a good course. one. Of course. Cause that's about like, you know, internal abundance as mm-hmm. well as like actual money, right? Break it down, live your life. It's about internal abundance. Like, it is. You sound like an NPR album review. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Please no. This is the last thing they play on NPR. <laughs> and then we got we got some stuff on there, like, of course. I put on She Works Hard for the Money by Donna Summer. Oh, look at you. You, you know, intergenerational. You know, it goes places. I'm excited about this. Yeah. I need to listen to this because I've been on some weird lack of energy of talking to Investor Flex, and <laughs> I really need to just, like, stop playing. I'm in, like, week four of procrastination, which is dumb. Uh, so I need to just, like, get on it. Yeah. Procrastination never leads anywhere good. No, it's horrible. That's how it's I horrible. feel about the boxes behind me that I have to unpack. But Ooh, the pitch deck is way more important. Okay, so one more thing in music. I um, have a lot of opinions about algorithms and just listening to them to get new stuff. That is a whole other podcast. Okay. But this week I was listening to my Discover Weekly and I discovered this artist called Big Clit who has an, an album called Clitorious B.I.G. Of course, of course. Of course. <laughs> is it a woman? A man? Like what's the situation? I'm not 100% sure. I'm going to call I'm going to call them them because I don't want to make a mistake, but Big Clit is from NYC and they rap about being bi and having a dysfunctional family, self-acceptance and apparently being the queen of hell in air quotes says the fader. But oh. it's really hilarious and it's like the raunchiest shit that I have ever that I've heard since WAP. More so raunchy I would put than them WAP? in the same pla- no, I would put them in the same playlist. Okay. <laughs> 
So this is like right next week. We'll go from dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign to the raunchy playlist. (laughs) (laughs) Next one, Hannah's Spotify release. Well, first, I think we're going to have to have this pandemic end. Oh, God. Please. I don't know how that's coming back to my life anytime soon. But hey, you never know. You You never never know. know. All right, Sheree. Yeah. We should wrap this up before it gets too silly. So takeaways. Bring it home. So I think number one is just like there are literally times where you have to put the greater good above yourself. Like, and greater good could be so many things, but like ultimately progress doesn't always feel good. Mm -hmm. And your ability to see this big picture and really believe in it can really create transcendence in your life. And I know I sound like almost motivational speaker level here, not my goal, but it's for real. Yeah, now who's the NPR playlist? (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's definitely one. Um, I think the second one would probably be like, you really need to see when you're wearing a weight that needs to be like off. Mm -hmm. I probably should have gone to therapy and worked through that, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. And so like my moment of sort of taking off this albatross where I just hated talking about this. I always felt less than I always felt like I needed to see that a lot sooner. Yeah. It's like 12 years of an albatross. I needed to see that. That is a long time to be carrying that weight around. A lot. And I mean, new moon goals is to like really put some intentions into like what's going to fill that space. Like I'm excited about that. And then the last part is really around like you get to decide the power something has. But qualifying that with like in your own time, because I know a lot of people are like, I am like an emotion. I don't, I hate when people say I'm emotional, but like, I don't think feelings are bad. Mm -hmm. Like, I know some people are like, you know, take it all in, show your game face. Like, fuck that. Like, I'm not that person. Yeah, no, that's going to definitely fuck you up later if you do that. But I do think like when you're ready, you do get to kind of make a decision. And like the thing I had to make a decision about was like really hard But once I decided that that thing wasn't as important to me as, like, what my son could get out of this, like, rekindling, I felt powerful. I feel super powerful right now. I was on the plane back to New York, like, yes, bitch, we did that. Like, I was so excited. (laughs) So I think it's important. Like, when you really want something, you do have the opportunity to sort of decide what's important in the situation and, like, just never feel powerless in that. Because ultimately, like, it's inside of you. I love that. Yeah. Ultimately, it is always inside of you. It is. And that's our show, which is actually just available on all the places you listen to podcasts. <laughs> so it's not inside of you. But <laughs> it's like, where are you going with this? <laughs> I was ending the show. <laughs> On a very quippy note. (laughs) So, yeah, the show is available all the places that you can listen to your podcast. Please leave us a review or tell your friends about this show if you think that this is good or funny or we should keep making it because we're on episode 14 now and we also love hearing from you. So if there's something going on in your life that you'd like us to talk about or a real moment that you think would be interesting to discuss, hit us up. We're on Instagram and Twitter. You can talk to us at GotRealPod and we would love to hear from you. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.